Friday, either Thursday or Friday, um, I got in my car to come home after work, and the thermometer in my car said 110. Uh, yeah, I think we only made it up to 90, so I think my estimate was about <sighs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was hell. Brutal. Uh, so should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 6, The Acupuncturist. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Thong? We really only wanted to know about one thing, and that's the actor who played John Tyler. And we kind of cracked the code last week that we all recognize Tom McGowan from Heavyweights, which I think it was pretty much decided we're doing for our second Father's Day episode, even though it's not really... <laughs> it's a Father Figures episode, which I think yeah, is maybe an, impo- yeah. an, an important, like... I think you know, that works, yeah. Yeah. You know, th- there's that there's that like a father section of cards at Hallmark that I think this, um, <laughs> you know, this we're going to be very inclusive of that, you know, very, that sort of feeling around Father's Day, so... We're doing it for all the fathers and the daddies. Yeah. <laughs> daddies like Tom McGowan. Yeah, so he was in heavyweights. And as I looked through his IMDb, I was like, well, I mean, I, I kind of recognize him from that. He had like a bit part. I don't even know if it's a speaking part in As Good As It Gets, which is a movie that I love with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear. Uh, he plays a mater D in that episode, in that movie. Uh, but I guess the only other really big role that I recognize him from is he plays the hapless station manager of K-A-C-L in Frasier, Kenny Daly. Oh, my God. Yeah. So station manager is like what they call program directors on TV. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because people wouldn't No understand. one knows what program director is. Yeah. When yeah. people think program director, they think nonprofit. They think of like the person who's yeah. like in charge of like fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. So station manager is what his uh, role is there. And so I get, and he was in a ton of episodes of that and I definitely watched it. So I, I'm guessing that's the only other big place I really recognize him from. I've never watched Frasier. I've been, I've wanted to like sit down and watch it, but I just never have thought to, you know, sit down and like, hmm, I'm going to sit down and watch Frasier. Yeah. It'd be a weird one to start. Maybe that's some, maybe that's, you know, 10 years down the road, we'll be doing Frasier. Who knows? (laughs) After whatever, after whatever (laughs) we do next, I wouldn't put it next. Um, But yeah, I, I, I watched it and like it, it, it shouldn't work, but it does. I don't know why it shouldn't work. I guess because like, you know, he's this this hoity-toity uptight elite you know but they they made it very approachable and funny and and I, I guess they played with that idea too but like there there really should have been no reason like that character worked on its own but it did uh, I, I did find this in my research too Rachel Snow who plays Melanie Tyler has a role in a movie that gets brought up every so often on the show Matilda she played hmm. someone named Liza in that movie yeah and she was on Lizzie McGuire for like three years as Veruca Albano. Oh my God. Okay. I know. <laughs> yeah. So that was a Disney show, right? Or was that when Lizzie? Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. Disney. That was Disney. All right. Uh, so here's some other trivia and tidbits from the episode. Jeff, it was Jeff Garland's directorial debut. This was the first thing he ever oh, directed and okay. the only Curb episode he ever directed as well. He's also done, he really hasn't done much as a director. Uh, he did some short films. He went on to direct his own movie that he also wrote and produced and starred in called I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With. <laughs> and uh, Sarah Silverman's in that. It's kind of been one I've always wanted uh, to check out. So I'm surprised Jeff Garland hasn't popped up in our in any Patreon episodes yet because he's such a, you know, he's a guy that's just in a ton of stuff. And, and I'm looking forward to when we do start. Controversy noted. I know he was canned for something. I don't remember at this point, but. Um, you know, I, I think he's funny as an actor. Uh, and he also did a documentary about John Waters called This Filthy World. He did a, sh- a movie. This movie looked funny, too. It's called Dealing with Idiots. It's about parents that take kids sports too seriously. It's a, you know, a fictional movie. It's got Steve Agee, Bob Odenkirk, J.B. Smoove, Timothy Oliphant, hmm. Natasha Leggero. Yeah, tons of people that you'd recognize Jeez. are in it. Yeah, and it looked the, the trailer. I watched the trailer. I was like, "Why have I never heard of this?" It, it's it looked pretty funny. And he also did something called Handsome, a Netflix mystery movie back in 2017. And it's interesting. I think this Curb Your Enthusiasm episode is the only thing he's ever directed that he's not in. <laughs> he's in pretty much everything he does. So yeah, who knows? Maybe one of those will pop he, up. He uh, worked out the kinks with his directorial debut, and he's like, "Hmm." 
I like doing this, but you yeah. know what would make it better if <laughs> I was the center of attention? You know what would make me richer if I was in them too? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the director doesn't get paid a lot, but the actors now. There we go. I think I'm onto something. If I write it, produce it, and direct it, and star in it. Uh, so let us now consult the book in this episode. Larry David did not want to use the shot of the therapist bending over in his thong, but director Jeff Garland argued with him to leave it in. <laughs> what a great first tidbit. <laughs> yes, it's, it's also a shot that I had a problem with, but I agree with Jeff. It, it needed to be in the episode. Hey, you that, know, it's just uh, it's just creative license, you know? Take that as a director. If Absolutely. Actor- if actor John Plachet was willing to do that, that it, it needed to it needed to be on on the mm. TV. Yeah, mm. uh, Larry David came up with the idea for Groat Syndrome after thinking of former Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop Dick Groat. I thought Groat sounded like something that could be a disease, and I remember Dick Groat being very thin and bald. So it did kind of <laughs> have to do with we, it did kind of have to do with Lou Gehrig's disease, like we were talking about last week. Like the whole disease was named. Just so Larry could make that joke about it, I thought it was also named after a baseball player, like all like all diseases are. Uh, Larry David based the scene in which Larry's shrink won't talk to him in the bathroom on reality. So again, another this was like a joke that we felt like it was half finished that he could have brought up later that would confirm our suspicions that it was a joke, but we're just kind of left to think about it on our own. He said, I once ran into my therapist outside of his office, and it was extremely awkward. I passed him walking back to my table in a restaurant, and he could barely bring himself to nod. It was like I didn't exist. (laughs) So, again, even Larry only takes that halfway. Like, what we wanted was, did he do that because he's rude, or did he do that because he's not being paid to talk to Larry David? That's the only way he will acknowledge him is if he's getting paid because they're patients. The, The mystery is still up in the air. So what were they thinking from the what they were thinking section? Richard Lewis says, I went to this therapist in New York in the 70s who first made you go to group therapy, which was just eight or ten people who hated themselves whining. So Larry was having problems with women, and I said, you got to come to this group. So he comes to the therapy, and it was one of those nights where everybody was having lots of difficulty, and Larry said, (laughs) I can't stand this. I can't listen to these people whining. And then he bolted. But when you bolt out of group therapy – there's a chance that people might chase you. So we all chased him down First Avenue, and he hid in a phone booth. Ten neurotics were tapping on the phone booth, and we oh were like, my God. you need us, you need us. He wouldn't come out, and he never went back. <laughs> That's weird. That's just a weird story. Rob Reiner said, Castle Rock, the company that I was a founder of, produced Seinfeld, so I was involved with getting the show started. We used to get into fights at the beginning, and Larry would get all crazy. I remember him saying, I don't want to tell stories. I want people to sit around and observe. He wanted to do every show about waiting for a table at a Chinese restaurant. When I said he had to do stories, he'd say, what am I going to do? I love Lucy. And I'd say, no, it's going to be your sensibility. As time went by, he realized the wisdom of creating plot. And now he's the master of it. (laughs) I do love how he was George in that, that pitch that Jerry and George do to NBC where he's just like, no, there's, there's no stories. There's no romance. There's nothing. It's just people existing. That's the show. (laughs) And nobody understanding his vision. And I and I think kind of in season one, I think we kind of agreed that like a little bit of Curb was that, like just existing and very little plot in it. So it's kind of funny that without Jerry, George kind of got his way. Rachel Snow, who played Melanie Tyler, said, I remember I had a skirt on and the stage was all wood and I had to leap off this bench and, uh-oh, she uses a word that's been in the news recently. I had to leap off this bench and spaz out on Larry. I still have... I know. I still have wood burn scars on my knees, but I don't care. So good for her. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Larry, this is the second episode where he's had to wrestle a woman. Yeah, <laughs> Remember it he is. Wrestled, <laughs> he wrestled um, not the girl from Hairspray, the movie in the hallway. The girl that was from Hairspray early. Broadway. Yeah. Um, a long time ago. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. when that was. Somewhere back in season one. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That is all from the book. You may be seated. All right. Um, I don't even want to touch on news because, uh, right. I mean, this this week as we're recording this is a, a dark week. Um, yeah. A very a very dark week in news. Um, I we now I have, had yeah. I had a few ideas for like memes for the Twitter account, but I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go there because uh, I I was just gonna say something like. <laughs> In a stunning decision, the Supreme Court ruled six to three in favor of Friends being the better show. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like, I, 
what 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 are we gonna do? Get four likes on that? I, know. I, I mean, <laughs> I was going to I was going to point out that we now have the most poorly aged joke in all of Seinfeld, and that's when Elaine has the perfect boyfriend, and Jerry tells her to ask what his stance on abortion is, and he oh, says, no. "One of these days, we're gonna have enough people on the Supreme Court to overturn that law." And I'm like, oh. well, there it is. That's there's no joke that's gonna age like because that was played for laughs. Like, there's no yeah. way, ha ha ha, no way, ha ha. There's like that's there's no joke that's going to age any poorly than that. You cannot convince me that there's something that is going to age worse than that. Like, it's yeah, not I mean, even they, a joke. They fucking anymore. wrote this as though that's that's literally never going to happen. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, thirty years later. Yeah, like this guy is a douche who, you know, is is on the wrong side of history and it's settled law and nothing's ever going to happen. So this, yeah, I'm like, wow, jeez, I can't believe he did it. That one guy. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I, I, there is yeah. there is one thing I do want to talk about in place yes. of news. Uh, have you uh, ever watched Barry, the HBO show with Bill Hader? No, I've 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 heard it was good. Okay. I've heard it's well, good. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Um, I think we could definitely touch on Barry either for Patreon or if we need like a fill show or something because Tim, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Bill Hader co-created Barry, but do you know who the other co-creator is? Larry David? Alec Berg. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I did not know that. I, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know this until I was watching it and I looked up the name and I'm like, that sounds familiar. Like the, the same, the same Alec Berg from Seinfeld, and sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, it is. So he was a big time writer or director or both on Seinfeld. I don't remember. Uh, he was a writer. I think okay. he was like a series long writer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I remember uh, his name popping up a lot. Yeah, I, I, I started watching Barry this week, and I'm already to the finale of season two. There's only three seasons. They just wrapped up the third oh, season. Wow. And there's only eight episodes per season. Oh, man. And are they so all it, half hour? They're all half hour. Oh, um, the, that's the, my the favorite. Thing, it, it's the best, dude. Like, <laughs> and what's what's even better is as someone who, uh, like, just loves the art of filmmaking like you do, every single episode has an inside the episode featurette at the end of it on oh. HBO Max. How, how much does that add to it? Is it like 10 or 15 minutes or is it a no, whole like, other? Like, like, like two or three. Like two oh, or three nice. minutes. Oh, nice. Wow. In and out, talking about the episode. All in all, like with uh, if you watch the recap and if you watch the coming up in the next episode and the inside the episode, I'd say 40 minutes tops per oh, episode. Oh, that's not bad. That's Dude, fine too because I it love rules. the – Yeah. I love that's <laughs> That's how long like the Disney – a lot of Disney Plus shows are and I'm like, oh, I can run through – I ran through like three episodes of Kenobi, <laughs> so I'm almost done with that. I now, love – Yeah. <laughs> This is like a, a show that is tailor made to your life and your schedule. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. And it's trendy because people are talking about it because it just ended. Yeah, not yeah. even ended. The, the the most recent season just ended. It is one of those shows that like all the artists I respect that I follow on Twitter tweet about like right after it airs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but I, I'm I'm definitely finishing season two today and and maybe even starting season three. Who knows? Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get on that. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, uh, yeah, somewhere somewhere along the line. Might have to do some Barry. We got options. The other big news I want to talk about is that Phil Morris has reprised his role as the great Jackie Childs in a new series of ads for Snyder's Pretzel Pieces. Have you seen this yet? I have, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Like, The Office has been recreated meticulously. And there's supposedly some contest, too, where if like if you've been hurt by thinking these are pretzels and not pretzel pieces, <laughs> you can call this number and, and maybe win something. I don't know what the deal with that is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's and, hilarious. And what's his receptionist name? Janice? Um, I think it's Janet? Susie. Susie? Susie or Susan? Susan? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone I, tweeted like uh, they brought, they brought her back, back too. Yeah. yeah. And I was confused because I was like, oh, is there an is because I've seen a, a couple different commercials. I was like, oh, my gosh, is there one with. Susan George's fiance, but no, I think it's they're referring to the rece the reception. Susie, 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 yeah, Susie. Um, and by the way, our tweet about this new ad campaign was liked by the official 
blue check mark Snyder's of Hanover Twitter account. Yeah. And dude. a bunch of other people too that like don't follow us. I was wondering how they found our quote tweet. It was it's weird. Probably probably because of Snyder's liking it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but we got we got some good content, some good clout from from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, as long as we're talking about our Twitter account, I have to mention that I went to a store this was Grandpa Joe. I think I've mentioned it before because I had a ton of Seinfeld stuff, like Seinfeld Clue and stuff. It was Grandpa Joe's in Uptown Mount Lebanon that was selling Seinfeld Funko Pop and the Mini Moments for $6, which was more than wow. half off because they were like twelve ninety five. Wow. Yeah, so they Did had you get George. Anything? I should have gotten George. You know what? Maybe I'll go back because I hate Funko Pops, but I love George so much. that. So they had George, Jerry, and Urban Sombrero Elaine, and Ooh. they had Elaine's Apartment mini moments okay and i got so i have elaine's apartment now i have jerry and elaine nice. not elaine's apartment but elaine with a portion of jerry's apartment because we get mm-hmm. when you get all of them together you get the full jerry's apartment <laughs> layout so i did yeah. now i have jerry and elaine yeah oh yeah I, and I'm, you know what's I'm not weird? A... They, they had the elaine chase figure but they had equal amounts of the normal release and the i guess rare release but they had they Ooh. had like three of each and i was like what? So, but I got the regular one because I didn't like the chase figure. I don't know what. What, what is the she, chase figure? She's got this weird look on her, like a weird look of dismay on her face. Like I'm, I'm mm. like, what episode is this from? I don't, I don't like any of this. I'm gonna get the regular one. <laughs> so yeah I, yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't up for the chase. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a pop guy either. I, yeah. I've got two. I own two of them, and if I'm ever gonna buy them, it has to be like an obscure scene or character or from one particular episode. Like, I'm not just going to buy the Jerry Seinfeld one. Yeah, like, sta- yeah. like, standard, run-of-the-mill Jerry Seinfeld. The ones I have are, uh, George. I-, I think I've told you, George Costanza with the triangle on his head from uh, the Tor yeah. Ekman episode, and he's purple. <laughs> and yeah. I also have Homer Simpson wearing a muumuu. Ah, uh, nice. Th- those, those are the two I have. Uh, see, the only two I have, I, I think we've both gone over our funko catalog before but it's, it's good to keep everybody updated um i only have crow t robot and tom servo because they're the only funkos i think where they couldn't make them without a mouth because that's the number one thing i hate about <laughs> funkos is they don't have mouths and i was like well you can't take a mouth off these robots and and that's they very true and you couldn't they couldn't make their heads fat and their bodies small in a way that didn't make them still look like themselves. That's what I liked about it too. <laughs> so I was like, this look, these look like just action figures, which is what I really want. You know, that's why if I ever see a Funko with a mustache, like I'd probably buy a Ron Swanson Funko because you can normally not see his mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a mustache. <laughs> so that would be acceptable to me. Maybe the soup Nazi too. If I, if I ever oh, see the soup yeah. Nazi one, I might, yeah. might buy Cause mustaches make Funkos okay, but nothing, I, I don't like he- it. I don't like keep checking design. targets too. Yeah, keep checking targets yeah. because they get they get a lot of stuff in there. Now that these, I wonder which mini moments or Funkos I missed out on because of this boss sale at, at the Grandpa Joe's was having. I guess I'll never know. Uh, <laughs> it's just not some place you normally go to find. <laughs> don't normally go to a candy store to check their <laughs> Seinfeld uh, stock. But okay, so that's it. But there was some big news in the Seinfeld universe today. The great Phil Morris hasn't lost a beat. All right. Well, if you have uh, never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 27 minutes uh, being exclusively bullshit. Uh, We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim hasn't seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. Uh, If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter. We've been talking about our Twitter for about 15 minutes now. (laughs) Or NoHugging, NoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, it is not just a giant wall of text. Thank you to <laughs> uh, thank you to Libsyn support on that because I, I was uh, doing something really, really weird and they're like, oh yeah, here, just, uh, just do this and that and this and it'll be back to normal. And I'm like, oh, hey, awesome. <laughs> Perfect. I do, uh, that's why, uh, just because of formatting, that's pretty much why I do any writing in notepad in windows notepad i save everything in txt and i i copy and paste in a notepad before i do anything else like paste without formatting should be the default okay well if you like what you hear uh please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts or spotify uh if you do so and you send us a screenshot of your rating and your review we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker free of charge 
Um, just uh, get us that screenshot uh, v- via email or via Twitter, uh, whatever you want to do. If you would like to support us monetarily a little bit more than just giving us a rating or a review, five bucks a month, literally nothing. It's chump change. Patreon.com slash no hugging. You get every single episode a week early. You get clipped content from almost every single episode and two movie reviews a month. Um, I know we talked about it at the beginning of this, but as you're listening to this, our uh, second episode for June uh, just dropped not too long ago. I mean, we had our Father's Day episode with Problem Child 2, and we had our Daddy's episode with Heavyweights. <laughs> and boy, are there some daddies in Heavyweights. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, patreon.com slash nohugging. Um, if you want to scroll back through our free feed, you can do so. We've uh, published a few episodes to the free feed. I know we pushed out B-Movie. We pushed out... Um, Hocus Pocus, I think. That sounds right. I think Ghostbusters as well. And Ghostbusters, I think. Yeah. There, there's a few that we've pushed out. Um, so just look out for those. Uh, they're they're all in the free feed. So that's a little teaser of uh, what you get uh, with uh, the Patreon. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Um, all that being said, Season 2, Episode 6, The Acupuncturist. Original air date, October 28th, 2001. Uh, perfect day for a Halloween episode that they just <laughs> decided not to do. Uh, if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you're going to see an acupuncturist agrees to waive his $5,000 fee if he can't cure Larry's back problems. I already hate it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it last it's so, week. It's, it's so wrong. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> wrong with it. And I think we're going to be able to make it better at the end, even with just one word change. But I venture to say we, we might even be able to do because a lot more happens in this episode. So let's see. Well, we start at the acupuncturist. Larry is on the table. And Larry, Larry without his glasses all, is already, you know, maybe that's why Jerry liked him so much. Because Jerry's a big fan of <laughs> Superman. And Larry uh-huh. is unrecognizable without his glasses. He looks like so Superman. different. I, yeah. I didn't know it was Larry down <laughs> no. in the table. I, 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 I didn't know it was Larry until they uh, panned up and showed his the top of his head. I'm like, oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah, it, like his face is a little stretched out because he's in one, on one of those you know masseuse tables that has the the face hole in it. But Larry without his glasses looks weird anyway. And so Larry with without glasses and with his face stretched out, and you can't see any, you can't see his head or just his face is, is unrecognizable. But he's there for his neck. So there's one thing that's already wrong with the synopsis. He's there trying to get help for his neck. No one's been able to help him at all, uh, and. He's a bit incredulous that this acupuncture is going to help, but the doctor, or wait, he's probably not, is he? Well, he is a doctor, it says later, but I don't think to be an acupuncturist, you have to be a doctor, but it does say that he is a doctor on his sign later on, so uh, the doctor guarantees it will cure him. He's very confident, and Larry says, I'll tell you what, if I go through your all your treatment and my neck is fine, I'll give you $5,000, but if not... I don't pay for any treatment or anything. And the doctor takes the bet. He's so sure. Over at Sainsbury Market Deli, which was at 12200. Again, how do you say it was at 12200 Wilshire Boulevard? How do you say these long-ass L.A.? (laughs) I I think it would just be 12200. 12200. See, 12200 sounded correct to me. It's I mean, at one one two two zero zero one double two double zero. Yeah, it, it's probably not that. <laughs> it, it's probably just as shorthand as you can get it. Twelve two hundred. It's at one hundred and twenty two zero zero Wilshire Boulevard in uh, Los Angeles, in the kind of Brentwood area, maybe Brentwood adjacent. I can't really tell from the neighborhood maps. But it closed in March of twenty twenty. So a victim of the pandemic. Ah, oh, dang. Well, yeah. I mean. Closing in March of 2020 and blaming it on the pandemic is like living 80 years with cancer <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then and then dying of COVID and blaming it on COVID. Not to get true. too political. So I, what I guess is they closed down and never opened up. Never opened back uh, up. Maybe they that, expected to. Yeah. yeah. But a Yelp review from one month ago says it has reopened with new owners. Ooh. Okay. So if you're in if you're in LA in the 12,000 block of Wilshire Boulevard, <laughs> head on over there and, and let us know. If Sainsbury's Market Deli is still open. Uh, and from what I gathered, it was an affiliate of the giant UK grocery chain. Have you ever seen, have you ever heard of Sainsbury's? No. If you watch like very British stuff, 
Todd Margaret, the the David Cross show had a big Sainsbury's. It's basically like it may not be like Walmart, but it might be like Kroger. I'm trying to think of the biggest grocery chain in the U.S. And they're also regional. I don't know if I can do it, but it's like a, it's just like a giant national grocery chain that is literally everywhere. Mm. OK, um, so, yeah, think of your local regional chain and pretend it's all over the U.S. That's Sainsbury's in the U.K. Uh, so there you go. Is I was it, surprised to learn that. Yeah. It, I, the only like national like grocery chain I can think of is I, I mean, I guess Kroger is That's the most thinking. it's the largest because it was regional chain and it's expanded to like at least half the country. I think I don't know yeah. if they're I don't think they're fully nationwide. Yeah. See, we don't have any up here. Yeah. Oh. I, I think. Um, yeah. We, we determined I think the closest one to you is like Virginia Beach, I think. Yeah. 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 Kroger in, in Mississippi and in Virginia. Yeah. We had them everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere I've lived. It's a different one everyone goes to like oh yeah that's our gr- giant eagle in pittsburgh in the pennsylvania area if you're over what's your what's your store now uh we go to heb heb i always wondered whether that was heb or yeah, heb no, no it, it's it's heb i don't know if i ever told you the it, it's named after the initials of the founder and i don't i don't remember the first two letters of the of the initials but it's something like herbert e butt the last uh... the b definitely stands for butt i'm like this is great hey you want to go to the butt food store butt foods my my family would definitely shop there just based on the name and call it that we're going to butts hey Hey, (laughs) come come down to our supermarket in waukesha wisconsin let's go to the food hole (laughs) butts oh well the, the fact that it was an affiliate of the uk grocery chain when the when you go inside they do have a bunch of food that looks like that british section that a lot of grocery stores have you know it looks like they had a lot hmm. of british imported food in there i didn't see a lot of brands that i recognized so maybe it was you know it seems like la you know a lot of it's an international city so a lot of people live there and maybe you know this the, the uk grocery chain opened up a little satellite store but there at sainsbury's larry runs into barry who is working behind like the deli meat counter uh, and that it was a co-worker that he worked with at saturday night live he stopped writing, just just couldn't write anymore. Now he's working at a, a grocery store, which Larry, I mean, kind of takes pity on him for because he had this great entertainment job and, and now he's doing this. And Barry's dad is dying, but won't give any of his considerable inheritance to him until after he dies. So Barry asks Larry if he can borrow $5,000 and then pay it back when his dad dies and gives him all the money. <laughs> Uh, at home, Cheryl is just a little upset that, in her words, Larry gave away ten grand in about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry says that's not entirely accurate because the first five grand is a bet, and the second one is kind of a loan because he's going to get it back right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Larry, Cheryl is awesome in this scene. I love when she's giving Larry the third degree because <laughs> it's so realistic. Uh, and Cheryl says uh, Cheryl says Barry is an asshole. And Larry says she has shy asshole confusion, <laughs> which out of context is hilarious. In context, it was it was just as hilarious, but it, it's just a funny phrase. He's like, he's not. He, no, he's just shy. You think he's, you know, being an asshole, but he's just shy. You have shy asshole confusion. And Cheryl says that he is giving away all this money because he's a pussy. And then Larry says, maybe, maybe I'm just nice. You have you have nice pussy confusion, <laughs> which, again, was hilarious. God damn it. <laughs> Larry also said he couldn't say no when he was invited to Barry's wife's surprise party on Thursday. Uh, The doorbell rings, and it is a flower delivery for Larry. This was maybe the best line in the whole episode. Cheryl goes, did you give the guy a $5,000 tip? That was really good. (laughs) My God. I loved that burn. Like, Larry thinks the conversation's over, and she just, like, has the death blow. (laughs) Uh, but it is from Kazu, the acupuncturist. It is a bundle of orchids. <laughs> I wanna. I almost want to go office ladies detail with that. Was that improv? Oh, that improv. Lady, I checked the outline, and yes, everything in this show is <laughs> improv. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I guess I do kind of wonder if they do. You know, if they if they take lines from other takes or, or something like that. You know, or or, yeah. they, or they can give notes yeah, I, to each other. They, like, oh, this would be yeah. a great yeah. Yeah, they, they, they like run through it r- once and, and improv and they're like, oh, yeah, do that. And it's not yeah. like written, but they're giving notes like, hey, yeah, do that again. 
Yeah. I think we've seen some improv lines that made it in because there's actual reaction to them. But I, I think I think the way we're positing too also happens where they go like, oh, well, okay, do that. Do we like that take? Say that line again. We're gonna, you know, but we're gonna yeah. take it from there or whatever. Yeah. But Larry's like really puzzled by getting a bundle of orchids from the acupuncturist. He's like, what is, what is this? So over at N Sushi, which is at, oh boy, um, one one six five one. Oh, that's that sounded right. One one six five one. I mean, it's it takes a long time to get there, but. Or 11, I don't know, 11,651. 11,651, 11,651, 1,165,1. Jesus Christ. It's at 1,000. Why are we having so much difficulty with this? (laughs) It's because they're too long. Surely we've got to have someone who lives at an address (laughs) with five numbers in it. Whether you're in a city or in the country, (laughs) please let us know how you read your address and how you like tell people where you live you know what my mom is from la i'm gonna ask her next time we're on the phone because i I feel like la might have their own way of doing things because you know all their highways they say they don't say oh take i i-295 they say take the 405 take Mm. the five and so that's a weird so la might have a weird anomaly too where they're like yeah we say 11651 Santa Monica Boulevard or whatever, or 11,651 Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> the, the only thing I can think of is like the way you're reading some of these addresses just makes me think of zip codes. Like, oh, yeah, what yeah. if you read our zip codes? Like, oh, well, yeah, my, my zip code is uh, 16,058. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> Next time I have to give my zip code, I'm going to say, like, and the zip code, 15,234. Like, what? Huh? <laughs> They're going to start writing a five because that's what they Yeah, my, oh, yeah my, my, my zip code is uh, 7,042, <laughs> nine. I know I brought it up before, but that reminds me of Kevin James' hilarious bit about the telephone number rhythm. And we've all agreed that it's ba-ba-ba, ba-ba, ba-ba. And anybody who deviates <laughs> from that. Yeah, it's uh, 84, 59, 37. Like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> I think that's too many numbers, but um, yeah, you, it. It, I, I want to know what the address rhythm is in Los Angeles. It's in the, as far as I can tell, the Sawtell neighborhood. I think it's it, it's in the heart of LA's Sawtell neighborhood, which I've never heard of before. And if you, the last time Google Maps drove by, the awning was the same, but they got much bigger signage, which I think is good because, uh, like, N Sushi is kind of, you can't even see it in this shot. You only see it later on. You can, it's like kind of up in the corner, and now it's like, boom, plastered across both sides of their corner lot there. So, uh, Jer, uh, Jerry, Jeff and Larry <laughs> combine. I was thinking Seinfeld, but then I also combined Jeff and Larry. That's their, uh, you know, if, if you ship them, that's what, that's your name for them. Oh, I'm a Jerry. I'm a Jerry shipper, Ted. Jeff and Larry are having lunch <laughs> there. And Jeff's invited to Barry's party too. So they're going to go to the party together. They're talking about, you know, cause Jeff, I guess used to be his manager too. And, you know, he knew that he was working this kind of, uh, you know, not entertainment level job. And also Larry asked him about the orchids and Jeff says it's a Japanese gay thing. Did I get that right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got that right. There's a lot of just like casual homophobia in this episode. And is that why Larry is so put off by it? Because he thinks it's a gay thing. Maybe. I think that's the, the, that's the reading that I kind of got. That's never come out and said, I mean, it's confusing, but but I think the the subtext is that he's worried it's a gay thing, especially because at the end, when he spoiler alert sees the doctor with his wife and he's relieved, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's so it's just weird that like, why do you have to be why do you have to be freaked out that you think this doctor is potentially hitting on you or something like that? It's it's a very weird panic to have. But Larry asks a waiter at the restaurant who is, I think, way more offended than he needs to be. It was it was odd. It's an odd reaction, because Larry's like, "Hey, is this um, a Japanese custom that two professional guys, like one would send flowers to another?" And he says he curses at him or something. I have no idea. You know, I don't know what he says. It's in presumably Japanese. And then Larry runs into Joel, aka Pete from Thirty Rock. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna put down Pete from Thirty Rock and find out, you know, where he was kind of in his career because this is very early for him having popped up um i i would know his real name any other time 
but I couldn't think of it yesterday and I didn't want to look it up, but I know he's done a ton with adult swim too. I think he's created some adult swim shows uh, as well as being uh, on 30 rock, but it is Pete from 30 rock. He's Larry's estate lawyer. He's setting everything up for Larry's will, but he's not dressed as Larry feels like he should be on a work day because it's casual Friday. And so he's just kind of dressed in jeans and a, and a shirt and casual Friday really pisses Larry off (laughs) because just like any other boomer. Yeah, <laughs> because those in service to him must be uncomfortable. He keeps making the distinction between people like you and people like me. And I'm like, I don't know exactly what he means, but I kind like I can't explain it, but I but I know what he means. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like people who are living a life of leisure don't want to be served by people who are, you know, if you if you are in service, you must be uncomfortable. You have to you have to wear something. Yeah, Larry David, the character, and maybe even the man, we don't know, is definitely applauding the SCOTUS decision this week. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far, but he... Freedom's it, for me and yeah. not for thee. For sure, he's one of those people. That's definitely true, yeah. But he, so he says in five to ten years, it'll be casual Monday, just watch. And he's only about, depending on where you start counting, about ten years off of people working at home and and having casual every single day all the time (laughs) not even just casual just full-on pajama days yeah yeah full-on pantsless work days yeah i'm I'm not wearing pants right now (laughs) i'm wearing my i'm in my jammies but i uh i mean i'm i i am i am too but currently my my jammies are an old band t-shirt and uh way too short cross-country shorts (laughs) jerry uh jerry why do i keep saying that as jeff tells larry he, it does work, though. You're right. It, it's, it's their couple name. They're together. <laughs> J-A-R-R-Y. So <laughs> Jeff tells Larry that he has a meeting at ABC, and it's at that moment they're being served a flambe that catches the waiter's arm on fire, and Larry throws water on it, putting it out, but the waiter chews him out again, Yeah, even though Larry saved his life. The waiter's very offended that Larry put the fire out on his arm for yeah. whatever reason an inappropriate reaction both times to the to the innocuous question and to having his arm saved by larry by the way did you notice the continuity error that when the camera pans out again the flambe has been relit larry puts it out with the water no i didn't it, yeah. oh my god i guess it was one of those trick birthday flambes uh yeah it's yeah, probably probably gets that. put out <laughs> yeah and then, then relights <laughs> itself <laughs> uh, so i it I wish the waiter's motives had been explained a little bit better because I don't get why you would treat anybody this way if you, you know, I'm not going to go as far as Larry and say people in service to me have to do it with a smile. But I mean, you're, you know, you are in the service industry. You can, you can be nice, be a nice waiter. You know, it was weird. So over at home, Jeff is late for picking Cheryl and Larry up for Barry's wife's surprise party. And he gets there. But Cheryl says that Larry can't go to the party dressed the way he is in corduroys and a blue shirt with a black jacket. <laughs> and she just says it, it none of it works. He has to go change. This was one of my favorite jokes in the show as well. In the episode, he asked he, he asked for Jeff's input on it and, he, and Jeff agrees he looks horrible. And then Larry, as he's going up, goes, uh, maybe I should get a lime green T-shirt like you. i love humans are so easily gettable like you can say you wouldn't be bothered by a joke like that but you know you'd never wear that t-shirt again (laughs) you know what i mean oh my god yeah (laughs) it would just sit like in your closet or or hang there and just be like is today the day for that Mm, no no it's not (laughs) i could probably go into my closet and find two or three things that people have made maybe even not trying to make them an insult like larry was but just said something about and i'm like well i'm gonna burn this i'm burning this shirt just because of what you said just now thank you every human is that way where you could point something out like oh well maybe i should uh, wear gray socks like you idiot like what great what do gray socks have to do with anything (laughs) like nothing but you can't deny you got got by that line (laughs) damn it you got my gray socks like yeah, it's so funny. Maybe I should get a lie. It does pop. I mean, because he's wearing a black shirt, black button-up shirt over it. But <laughs> um, let me give you an example. I just thought of one. I I have this I have this Gap shirt, and I love it. 
but I, I don't usually get a chance to wear it. But when, when I did casual Fridays when I worked news, that just meant I didn't wear a tie. And this shirt mm-hmm. you can't really wear a tie with. But and, and it has a flap over the button. So you can't even see that you can't see any of the buttons because it has this and it's like an olive green. And so I wore it, I think, with a pair of khakis or something like that. And <laughs> I walk into the newsroom for my shift, which I think started around like 11 in the afternoon. And I because I would uh, in the morning, I mean, and because I would. There were two of us, the morning guy, I would relieve at 11 and he'd leave at noon when the news at noon started. And I walk in and my boss goes. Hang on, I gotta go. Murph walked in in his Libyan dictator shirt. What? <laughs> <I know. laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to dress. I have to be dressing this all day. Jesus, <laughs> it was Christ. so funny. And I don't even know who he's. I was like, who are you on the phone with? It could have been the chief of police or something. So and and I've never. It was like easily over ten years ago, and I've never forgotten it to this day. I still have you. I still you wore it after it. that though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not to work, <laughs> but I've worn it. Maybe not around him, but I certainly have worn it since then. Yeah, I love the shirt. It's cool, but it is my Libyan dictator shirt. <laughs> so Larry, Cheryl, and Jerry are walking up to Barry's house right as Barry and his wife are arriving again for the surprise party. And so Barry's wife recognizes the trio immediately like, oh, Cheryl and and Jeff and Larry. Oh my gosh. Hi, you guys. And Larry's like, Oh, you know, I was at the store the other day. He probably told you and I left my sunglasses. So I came to get him. She's like, Oh, okay. Wow. Cool. Come on in. And, and she's like, Oh, what do you, what do you have there? And she sees that Cheryl is holding a present for her. She's like, Oh, well today's my birthday. And Larry's like, Oh yeah, we knew that's why we got you a present. And she's like, is there a surprise party in there? So yeah, it's blown. And Jerry throws, damn it. I'm going to do that every time today. I don't know why. Jeff throws Larry under the bus immediately. He had to change clothes. That's why we're late. (laughs) He had to change clothes. And Barry's wife calls him selfish. So Barry's wife hates Larry. There's There's some animosity there. That just comes out immediately. She's like, "You're selfish." Yeah, I just like selfish. N- not enough setup for the level of animosity that she has toward him. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it really. She's she's pissed off. She walks in, and everybody else surprise, including front and center, Doug Benson. Hell yeah! I noticed oh that immediately. Gosh. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What the?" Heck? I had to rewind it like several times. I was like, "That's definitely Doug Benson." This is crazy. Like a young, skinny Doug Benson. Because uh, if you've seen him lately, like during the pandemic, he grew out every hair he had, and I don't think he's cut it yet. And oh my uh, god, yeah, he looks a lot different these days. But Jerry, <laughs> damn it, Jeff, it's four times. I know why I'm doing it because we did. Like four years of talking about Seinfeld, where I just yeah. write J, K, G, and E, and now I'm yeah. writing J and L, and so uh, I see J and I go Jerry. Uh, so <laughs> Jeff and Larry blame each other immediately because Jeff says once again he had to change clothes, he looked awful, and he had to change clothes, and he took forever. And Larry's like he had to have a two-hour dinner because he's so fat, and he just ate and didn't stop. <laughs> like so, there, uh, and the wife is pissed once again. Uh, at, mostly at Larry. <laughs> um, not not to not to derail because we are uh, running long on this. I just looked yeah. up how old Doug Benson was. Yeah. To, in this episode, how old would you say that Doug Benson is? I know. I remember hearing once him talk about his age, and I know he's a lot older than I would think. So I'm gonna say he's 35. He's 39 in this. I, I was gonna say 40, but that felt too high. Yeah. Tim, yeah, he, right now, like, I mean, his birthday's coming up on July 2nd. He's going to be 60 on July 2nd. That's amazing. I mean, I he, that guy does not seem 60. It's crazy. No, no it's honestly, it's probably how much weed he smokes. It's good for the body. It's good for the aging. It's good, it's good oh. for the body. It's good for the mind. It's good for the mind. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, but I mean, he just doesn't even look 60. No. You know, he doesn't, he no, certainly he doesn't. doesn't act 60. Yeah, I mean, that that's so good for him. Uh, forever young doug benson the party goes on anyway and larry has a a piping hot take on the pointlessness of the civil war uh he says why why go to why did we why did six hundred thousand people die to save the union who cares and 
I mean, did he forget about slavery? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily to save the union because you know I agree that maybe at the end of it all we should have you know let uh, agreed to walk away. You know, maybe who knows where we'd be now? But certainly, all the slaves should have been freed, right, Larry? Right, Larry? <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is Larry saying that the Civil War was about states' rights? Uh, it sounds like it. It definitely oh, sounds like yeah, it. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you were right about him. I always thought he was, you know, I always thought he was a a, a Clinton uh, era liberal, but maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I was like, it, you know, I was like, I, I kind of saw his point, but he did completely just gloss over slavery. I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe kicking some states out would have been good for us in the long run, but surely you know what that was really about. <laughs> Uh, Cheryl is over talking to Ed Asner. Oh my gosh, like the third notable oh actor God. in this whole thing. Yeah. Now, Ed, 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 like Pete from 30 Rock and Doug Benson are definitely just in roles they were glad to get as actors. Ed Asner is a cameo. We're getting a cameo in this, you know, because he's he's Mr. Television from the Mary Tyler Moore days and, and even before. But Ed Asner, who maybe people recognize as Santa Claus from Elf as well. He, <laughs> and did he just, he just passed away. Yeah, recently, yeah, I think. recently. W- within Maybe. the last year. Yeah, I, I want to say late last year. But because, and, and the only reason I say that is because I was listening to a WTF where he was like, well, the, uh, the Ed Asner episode is reposted, so, you know, go check that out. And it was August 29th, 2021, in case you're wondering where I am in my podcast queue. It's oh August of 2021, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so Ed Asner is talking to Cheryl. He plays, he's playing Barry's dad. It's not, I, I thought... I, I wish I would have kind of explained that earlier because when I saw Ed Asner, I was like, oh, maybe Barry knows Ed Asner. They were both on TV in the 80s. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I they, mean, they, they don't explain it whenever you first no. see <laughs> Ed Asner. It's in the second time they cut back to him and Cheryl that she says, oh, thanks, Mr. Wiener. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish they would have made it clearer right off the bat because I was like, oh, cool. He does have he has friends in the entertainment industry <laughs> like Ed Asner. But it's not. It's Barry's dad. And he's like flirting hardcore with Cheryl, like basically uh, holding a large donation to the NRDC, the National Resources Defense Council, I believe, that she works for in exchange for sexual favors in so yeah, many words. Yeah, we, we get a we get a good bit of um, Cheryl being environmentalist again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely her 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 cause and what she spends her time doing since she doesn't actually have to work. She spends it giving back to the environment, which is awesome. It's more than Larry does. Yeah, <laughs> it's his... a lot more than Larry yeah. does. So they agree to go to lunch and maybe talk about that large donation. Larry comes over and he talks to Barry's dad as Cheryl goes to the bathroom. He runs the orchid dilemma by him saying, have you ever heard of this in, in Japan? And again, Again, very homophobic about, uh, how do I know what they do in Japan? Maybe they take it up the ass. What do you mean? What is that uh, supposed to mean? Uh, uh, yeah, like, what the fuck? What is that supposed to mean? Please tell me how that's how that's something someone says. <laughs> maybe they maybe they do it there and nowhere else? Is that what you mean? Because surely, you, I, I, yeah, that was just, that was just uh, odd. They talk about Seinfeld and how Larry was one of the co-creators. And Larry says that, yeah, oh, my father was so supportive when I was trying. I never would have created Seinfeld if it wasn't for the fact that he gave me some of my inheritance before he passed away. And and so I was really able to work and, and create this great thing and make a good life for myself. And and I used that money to make a good life for him. You know, I got him a, a big screen TV and a, a Barca lounger at my place so he could come over and relax and, and enjoy his life before it, it was over. Like, why should he die before <laughs> he gets to enjoy this money? And so he seemingly convinces CD, this is CD Wiener, which might be a pun, I don't know, uh, who asks he needs an estate lawyer immediately. His is an Acapulco, and so he needs, to t- he needs to make a change and needs an estate lawyer immediately. And Larry thinks that he has convinced him to give Barry some of his, mon- his, his inheritance now rather than wait until he's dead. Back at home, Barry pulls up as Larry is getting off the phone with Cheryl, who is at her lunch with C.D. Wiener, and he asks Larry, what the hell did you guys do? He thinks that uh, Barry's dad thinks that L- Barry put Larry and Cheryl up to creating this story about making him give him the money. And so he's changing the will completely and cutting Barry out completely and giving it all to the NRDC. And Barry thinks that was Larry and Cheryl's plan to 
know how CD would react to this story and cut Barry out of the will and get all the money for Larry uh, for Cheryl's uh, organization, which would be a pretty that's a, a pretty pretty big gamble to know how someone who you've never met maybe I think Larry did say he meant he did meet him once. I think in the grocery store he said he brought him around or something like that. But having met a guy once and know how he's going to react to a story that you tell him is a big gamble to take when it comes to the our natural resources, especially. I don't think I don't think that's something Cheryl would do. Over in Joel's office, CD is confused by it being Casual Friday, and 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 Joel is wearing a sweet Canadian tuxedo. All Hell yeah, his- <laughs> yeah. jean shirt and jean jeans. Yeah. He's got the Jay Leno special on. It's almost a Canadian tuxedo. We're missing the jean jacket. I'm sure he's just not wearing it because it's... I wish he had a jean blazer that he would could be wearing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, excuse, what? You, excuse you, the jlazer. <laughs> the jlazer. Uh, yeah. And CD walks out. He won't deal with a uh, lawyer, an estate planner, who looks like this, who dresses like this at any point. And I was like... Is Casual Friday really that new that Larry was upset about it and this guy... You know what? I'm going to have to write that down. I want to know about the origins of Casual Friday because it just seems like such a weird thing to be upset about, especially in a big city like L.A. where everybody... Well, and, and maybe that's the distinction. Not everybody does dress casually. Some people like people like Larry are allowed to dress casually. Others who serve are not. So that's true. That's and, true. And, and CD Wiener is a rich guy too. So he probably feels the same way, but I'm like, how are you guys so confused by casual Friday that it causes you to walk from, and also was CD going to change his entire, like, I know it would have cost money to change his will, whatever, but this guy's not going to be his estate planner. His estate planner is just an Acapulco. He just needs to make a quick change, but he's like, you just lost my account. And there was a lot of money in there. Like you were going to switch accounts. Cause your lawyer went on vacation. Yeah. Christ. It seemed weird. Uh, in the driveway, Larry uh, is still talking to Barry, and he tells the the acupuncturist calls, and Larry does not want to go back to the acupuncturist, presumably because of Japanese gay stuff. And he tells the office that he's better, and he doesn't want to schedule any more sessions. Then over at N Sushi, Larry comes in to, at Barry's behest, apologize for the story and, and say it was his idea and he shouldn't take Barry out of the will. And he Larry is spotted by the waiter that he splashed water on. And the, Larry, the, the waiter grabs a cup of water and splashes it in Larry's direction, but he ducks and it hits CD in the face and he gets up and before he can say anything else, he keels over and dies. <laughs> yeah. At the... At the well, this isn't the funeral. This is whatever the post. The I, I think party, this is the wake. They call the, oh, this is just the wake. Okay, maybe it's the wake. Yeah. Uh, so at the 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 wake at the house at Barry's house again, Larry, Cheryl, and Jeff show up, and um, Barry I think says that Larry was the last to see his dad alive, and 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 then cousin Doug goes, "Oh, you're the one." So you're the one. <laughs> And Barry pulls Larry aside and pays him back the $5,000 immediately. And he's like, just wait till Monday to cash it because that's when the the will is going to be. I'm like, you you really actually could have waited. I know you told Larry that the second he dies, he'd get the money back. But so when he sees Larry getting this $5,000 check, cousin Doug accuses Larry of murder. You're a bounty hunter. You killed my, does he he say grandpa, I guess? Yeah, you killed my grandpa Uh, for five. Uncle. 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 You killed my uncle for $5,000. And he grabs Larry and tells him he's not going anywhere, and he puts him in a neck hold. Over at the acupuncturist, Larry is, as I mentioned earlier, relieved when he sees Dr. Kazu with his wife. And Kazu tells him that he owes him $5,000 because you told my office that you're better, and that was our our bet that you would be better. And Larry and uh, Kazu argue over the semantics of better. I mean, this really had Clinton... That depends on what the definition of is is, because I agree with Larry that better just means better than the one step below it. It doesn't mean all better. He didn't say I'm all better. I feel better. I feel better than I did. That doesn't mean that I'm the best well, that I can be. Well, that that is what Larry says. But going back to the phone call, he does say I'm all better. Oh, he does say all better. Okay, well, mm-hmm. now I'm on Kazu's he d- side. He, he does say I'm all better. But okay. Larry tries to backtrack and says, better doesn't necessarily mean all better. No, you're right. 
But you didn't just say better. Yeah. You said all better. He's wrong. I didn't catch that. Larry's wrong. And so Larry relents and signs over Barry's check for $5,000 to the doctor. And then he asks him about the orchids. He's like, I, I got the orchids. He's like, what, uh, you know, he, he kind of finally confronts him about those. And the doctor calls it an ancient Japanese custom. And we get kind of a, this is going to be a trademark of a lot of episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. The Larry Glare. I don't know what we want to call it because it's not really, he's not really angry, but he just kind of like narrows his eyes and kind of looks suspiciously at the other person. And it's going to get much more animated, but this is kind of, I think the first instance of this thing that we're going to see because then Frolic starts up and that's the end of the episode. Well, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, Pete from 30 rock. Where was he in his uh, career at this time when he got a pretty sweet role on Curb Your Enthusiasm and casual Friday. How long has it been around? Did it start okay. in the year 2001 or what? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a dive on, on yeah. Casual Friday. I like that. What do you like for cover art this week? Hmm. I mean, Unrecognizable Larry's pretty good. The very first shot. I don't know if we've <laughs> ever done that. <laughs> I don't think so. No, we we have. The very yeah. first episode. Oh. Where we, uh, the pants tent. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, what else goes on? I don't know. I mean, I kind of just like that. I mean, you could get Larry's back with all the pins in it. Uh, what else? What else happens? Either like maybe the waiter getting caught on fire or. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Larry and, and Jeff and the waiter uh, post fire with the flambe relit <laughs> with the trick flambe. Um, yeah, any, any one of those. All right, I'll see what I can do. Uh, let's try and see what we can do about this week's all description. Right. So we had an acupuncturist agrees to waive his $5,000 fee if he can't cure Larry's back problems. So <laughs> this was all – it's all sorts of wrong. So it wasn't back problems, neck problem. The other thing I hear is that it was not a $5,000 fee. Larry would no. have owed – Larry owes $5,000 on top of the treatment cost. Yeah. We, we don't know what the treatment costs. Yeah. Well, and I- – yeah. Would it would it be five thousand on top of what the treatment costs, or would it just be five thousand flat? Because, got, the, because the way yeah. that the doctor responds to the the five thousand dollars is like that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say if I was a doctor, I'd say no. That's on top of the treatment because the the other half of the bet was <laughs> or Larry pays nothing. Larry's treatments are free, or the doctor gets his payment and five grand. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can make this simpler by saying Larry bets an acupuncture. Larry bets $5,000. How do they say it? Larry bets $5,000 an acupuncturist can't fix his back. Is that right? Fix his neck. It's not even his back. Sorry. I I screwed it up. Fix his neck. No, you're you're good. You're just reading what they gave us. Yeah. So, Larry Larry bets $5,000 an acupuncturist. Larry bets an acupuncturist five thousand dollars he can't fix his fix neck. his neck. But I mean I that's, that's yeah, but that's such. A, I feel like the Barry storyline is bigger. Um, jeez, I wish. Let's let's see. So, uh, Larry. I mean, what what do you think? Because this might this could maybe have a double meaning. Like Larry helps an old friend. Who is waiting for his inheritance? Is that hmm. is that anything? I I kind of like that. Yeah, because then you could see at the end, like, oh, he did help him by like killing, by killing, killing his, his dad. dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also he helps him in the beginning by cutting him a five thousand dollar check, and then yeah. So I mean, I I kind of like that. Even I would I would just get rid of the acupuncturist because what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, that's very true. You know, because it, all it does is means he doesn't get the five grand at the end that he's out. I guess basically he broke even, essentially. Larry's even Steven in this episode. So I, I, I could lose the acupuncturist if you're fine with that and just go with Larry helps a friend who's, what did I say, whose father won't give him his inheritance? Oh, no, Larry helps a friend who is waiting for his inheritance or something like that? Yeah, Larry helps an old friend who is waiting for his inheritance, I think is what we said. I'm fine with that. 
Okay. Yeah, me too. I like that. Sweet. Did you like this episode? Uh, nah, I put it at the same level as the thong. You know, it was a yeah. below the baseline episode for me. Yeah. We're, we're now six episodes into the season. I have one starred episode, and I am thinking it is not going to get any better. I have I have two, but they were both. I was lows? like, I hope. Yeah, they're both marked as lows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we, if we have one good episode, it's, it's an easy number one. And then... <laughs> And then these two, who shouldn't even be there, will be in the big dance. Like, when's the last time someone, like, in the Olympics has gotten a gold medal by default? <laughs> because there isn't a second or third place. Everybody else was disqualified. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else, like, get like pops a palsy on a drug test or something. Yeah, and then yeah. what would be, like, last place gets gold. Yeah. Which isn't to say I'm not enjoying these episodes. It's just they're... They're not, you know, they're below the baseline. They're just not as good as they could be. I'm having a, I'm having yeah. a fine time. You know, like a I, bad episode of Curb is still better than a lot of other TV, but they're they're not at the level yeah, that I want. Yeah, like them to I, I'm not, I don't like hate it, but it's like th- this one especially was so dialogue heavy, and it just felt it like it went on for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I agree, I agree. Okay, well, next week we have got Season 2, Episode 7, The Doll. Original air date, uh, November 4th, 2001. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see the daughter of a TV exec gets Larry to cut the hair off her beloved doll and then throws a fit. Huh, interesting. I don't remember don't remember any of this, but it sounds great. It sounds fun. Larry and kids. That's, that's going to be funny. <laughs> so... All right, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good!